the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. MSNBC is a propaganda wing for the gangster government in America. There's no question about it. They are orchestrated. They not only are handed Democrat Party talking points, but they are handed a license to lie. They're not a media outlet. Now, I had this story yesterday. It was printed yesterday on the Foundation for Freedom. Did you know that the uh, Biden National Science Foundation has pumped $38.7 million into grants to monitor and censor social media? Monitor and censor. This government is producing not only lies by institutions like MSNBC, and we're going to get to this in a second, but they also are combating... Those of us who want the truth and speak the truth about this fraudulent government that is trying to intimidate and demonize the opposition to collectivism, the opposition to a mafia-run, top-down government, one so stupid and so corrupt and so ignorant that it would put a 50-year political whore like Joe Biden in any office, let alone the highest one, as he does his Thanksgiving holiday holiday on an island where the average home, the median home, is $2.7 million. Now that is beyond insanity. It is outright a disgrace that this political whore, the, the worst the worst example of a politician scumbag lowlife this country has to offer, has usurped the most powerful office. But how did he do it? Now we know about the steering of information and we know about the freezing of information but do we really know about our own bureaucracies the ones that are supposed to represent law enforcement they are supposed to represent integrity and they are supposed to protect the people as they openly now openly collaborate and collude with the mafia of the democrat party here's an idiot That you would have never known his name. But what you will know is that this is the example of a retired FBI counterintelligence professional. A moron if you think this is a mistake. A scumbag if you know that it isn't. His name is Frank Fraglizzi. Boy, you know, if if the Monroe's Park of me would have called him Frank Fugazi. Let's call him Frank Fugazi. Here is Frank Fugazi. 25 years of the FBI counterintelligence expert. 
this toxic mix of hatred plus clinging to assault weapons is is the laziest way targeting your opponent targeting what you don't like is the is the laziest way out and seemingly they think the easiest way to just make what you don't like go away but the senator's got this right it's it is about instilling fear and the correct response for the rest of us is to step up and and push back right right at them so it- oh I, I i wish you had the courage fugazi frank fugazi even with your little tin fbi badge to step up and push back because you're not stepping up and pushing back you're intimidating with lies misinformation and propaganda which the more i think about it I, it always boggled my mind not only does the irish Names all sound alike in the FBI and the Democrat mafia here in Chicago. Not only do you all part your hair like the Democrat Irish short in the pants mafia and you buy the same off the off the rack suits, but you're we're a quarter mile away from Mike Madigan's campaign headquarters. And for 50 years, you didn't know he was running a mafia, huh? Fugazi, I think you did, Frank Fugazi. It's hatred. It's clinging to weapons. It's ignorance of the other, demonizing the other. We've said this over and over again, but strategically what appears to be happening is they want to deny people the safe haven and safe harbor. Whether we're talking about kids in schools feeling unsafe because of guns, black churches feeling like they're going to get shot up at a Bible study has happened in South Carolina, Um, whether it's synagogues, whether it's the gay club on a weekend night there is there seems to be a concerted effort to not only instill fear but the not deny the safe places um and that that puts them in control and then the theory is if you're fearful enough you're not going to push back so the innuendo is that the shooter in the what is it called the q club luckily i don't know the name of it the shooter in the let's call it the nutbush the shooter at the nutbush it turns out the innuendo by Fuge, Frank Fugazi is that he's a Republican, a right-wing Republican. He listens to talk radio. He listens to Tucker Carlson. And this should be called out, right, Frank Fugazi? If he's a consumer of the people we just rattled off, from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson, let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is, name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people, and those people should, should face civil consequences from the victims. Now, this idiot, if you're kind, in the tank, propagandist, counterintelligence scumbag for the FBI is employed at uh, MSNBC and NBC. And I just learned MSNBC employs the other Irish gypsy that used to be on these airwaves, right? The phony buffoon who pretended to be a Tea Party uh, uh, congressman who became a never-Trumper and showed himself to be not only an outright scumbag, but a deadbeat, as it took him a year to pay me the two grand he owed me, low-life scum. It turns out Frank Fugazi is just the, the hiring pattern at MSNBC, where they'll not only hire complete morons like Joe Walsh, but they'll hire in-the-tank government scumbags like Frank Fugazi, because none of what he told you is true. None of it. Karen, court documents filed today do reveal more about that gender identity. That's right, Jim. In a handful of motions that were filed earlier today, attorneys for the suspected shooter again included a note that he is non-that um, again that Aldridge is non-binary and uses the pronouns they and them. It's just one. I wonder if they're going to strap they or them to the electric chair and cook this son of a dog. I would. Uh, I, I, you know, you'll have to forgive me, Macbeth. I, 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 
my kids are older and I don't pay attention to this nonsense. What the hell is non-binary? Do you know what it is? Uh, I think that's when people aren't a man or a woman. Um, yeah. Yeah. How's that go? I'm not sure. All right, maybe we ask Frank Fugazi. Piece of the suspect's history that is now coming to light. As the investigation into the deadly shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs continues, more about the suspect, Anderson Aldrich, is uncovered. Everything from their encounter with... Let's, let's do what Frank Fugazi wanted. Let's name him and shame him. I'm all in for this. Law enforcement last year. A case that was dismissed for unknown reasons to their own gender identity. Yeah, and he sounds like a Republican. Did they find the Trump flag? Did he have a MAGA hat? What exactly happened? Well, you know, you have to look into this. See, because these crimes, this is what I've been trying to tell you for years. The opposition of corruption, the mafia that's running scams like O'Hare Airport, $5.8 million a day to their inside money laundering schemes. What they need to do is stay on the offense. And they need to intimidate you where you're afraid to give your opinion. So the innuendo is always going to be that these freaks of nature... These buffoons dumb enough to kill people in mass shootings, they're on our team. Oh, you're obviously a MAGA guy, right? Well, it turns out this kid's a scumbag and has been a scumbag because he is from the fruit of the loins of many scumbags. He's like a seventh generation scumbag, and he's an original Californian. Oh, it's true. And his mother... Obviously, is three cans short of a six-pack, the pig that she is. Mm-hmm. We are learning more about the alleged gunman tonight, including the fact that Anderson Aldrich is not his birth name. Aldrich's father tells CBS 8 his son was born in San Diego, and the name on his birth certificate is Nicholas Brink. CBS 8's David Garfordson talked with his father today at his home in Sherman Heights. I love my son no matter what. I love my son. Until six like months ago, Aaron Brink thought his son had committed suicide. I thought he was dead. I, I, I mourned his loss. He says his ex-wife had called him from Colorado in 2016 to tell him their son, Nicholas Brink, had changed his name to Anderson Aldrich and then killed himself. Do you have any idea why he changed his name? Yes. His mother told me he changed his name because I was on intervention and I had been a porno actor. You heard correctly, at the time Brink was acting in Los Angeles in porno movies. For six- See, and I've got $500 that says they're registered Democrats. Anybody want to take me up on that? Can I even get Rivers Casino to cover that? I don't think I can. See, these are registered Democrat California freaks that have no attachment to the Republican Party, to me, to Tucker Carlson, and anybody else, the FBI, counterintelligence, which, if they were so smart... How did they allow a Democrat mafia run by a little short yard gnome named Mike Madigan to operate for five decades, a quarter mile away from FBI headquarters? Anybody? Anybody? And by the way, all this non-binary stuff sounds a lot like J. Edgar Hoover to me. Right, Frank Fugazi? If he's a consumer of the people we just rattled off, from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson, let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is. Name it and shame it. He's a consumer of... Oh, I love this. Let's do all of this that you say, Frank Fugazi. Let's do it. And let's name all the connections between the Democrat short-in-the-pants Irish mafia, their relatives, the parents of relatives that are working right now today in the F. B.I., formerly known forever bothering Italians, but now we'll call it the Federal Bureau of Incompetence because I'm kind today. You know, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. In the meantime, what I want to point out is that none of this level of corruption, none of it, 
could happen in this country unless the institutions that are supposed to guard us from mafia infiltration in government were in on the scam. And you may not think these stories are connected, but whenever there's a union scumbag leader, there's mafia connections. One of the nation's largest railroad unions rejected its labor deal today, which officials say could mean a strike within weeks, right ahead of the holidays. It was a split vote. Engineers did accept the deal, but conductors voted against it. This is the deal that the White House brokered back in September, considered a big win. And the sticking point here is mainly... Wait, 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 a big win? You celebrated this. I know, because I pay attention when the Dons in the Irish Mafia short in the pants gang speak. Dons like Marty Walsh. I pay attention when they talk, right? Want to be gangster? That's why this administration, the Biden-Harris administration, we're working across all government and private sector to take down barriers to worker organizing. We're making it clear. It's the worker's choice, and the worker's choice only to yeah, form a union. If you want to That's work. That's their right. You pay these the fact is unions are good for our economy. I want to give you one example of that. All right, go ahead, Marty. The railroad negotiations last month. Uh-huh. When that issue hit the news, many people learned something new. It's something everyone in this room knows already. The American economy rests on the back of the men and women who make our freight trains run. Oh, really? Okay. It's a monopoly of crime syndicate bribes and payoffs and money laundering, but you could call it this. Our economy, our economy would have lost $2 billion a day, every day, if the railroad, if the railroad shut down. We couldn't let that happen. There was too much at stake. So we brought the parties who didn't have an agreement, the and parties. we know this already, into the Department of Labor a couple days before the deadline. Actually, a couple hours before the deadline. This is a game. And they pretended to broker a deal that they didn't broker. And now a couple of these wannabe gangsters that represent the unions now know they could do it all over again. Because there isn't a man in the White House. There's a glazed-faced dementia patient who holds his hands real stiff because he's afraid he's going to fall when he walks like a baby on grass that's drunk. In the meantime, we used to have a man. And here's how a man would handle it, you rat wannabe gangster short in the pants, Marty Walsh. That I must tell those who failed to report for duty this morning, they are in violation of the law. And if they do not report for work within 48 hours, they have forfeited their jobs and will be terminated. Now you have no job to go to, gangsters. That's how you handle these wannabe tough guys. I can't believe they took over my government, this short-in-the-pants mafia. Not a one of their wives sexually frustrated, I mean, satisfied. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I wonder if the FBI looked into that New Jersey congressman who has $113 million in trading in one year. Did you see this guy? $113 million in one year. And it turns out, you wouldn't believe this, his name is Josh Gutenheimer. Josh Gutenheimer's wife is a lobbyist, and her biggest client is BlackRock, Blackstone, Wall Street, merely okay. I wonder, where's, where's the FBI? You, 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 you want to investigate Tucker Carlson and these and link them to these shooters? Boy, that's kind of what you do in the third world, right? I mean, that's what you do in Europe. Who blew up Nord Stream 2? Oh, yeah. It was Putin. Sure it was. It was us. It was you. Dave Racine, Wisconsin. 
Greetings, Sean. Uh, when I heard this, uh, you know, FBI thing, uh, uh, that uh, ranting Frank uh, Fugazi. About, Let's get it straight. Fugazi. We don't want to offend anybody. I, I keep wanting to say Fugazi, but that's you know a, oh, a, okay. term, a, a term for someone who's followed up. You know, only you could screw up this bit. Go ahead. Okay, the thing is with that, um, it just reminded me that the um, what he was ranting about the uh, people who complained about the sexualization of children, it just reminded me of uh, how the FBI uh, dropped a ball on the investigation into Larry Nassar, the uh, University of Michigan physician who's molested a bunch of... Uh, they dropped the ball uh, yeah. on that. That was obviously one of the biggest ones. But take a look at every one of these mobster, gangster, Democrat-run sewers, like New Jersey where the congressman, who's a Democrat, has $113 million in a stock trading account in one year, executed trades worth in excess of $85 million. And his wife is the lobbyist for Wall Street. And where's the FBI? Where's the FBI? As Mike Madigan shook down an international energy company and normalized corruption to where it's spread throughout the entire Democrat mafia, who also is in complete control of the state. Where's the FBI? Oh, they're a quarter mile away from Mike Madigan's headquarters. Huh. Well, it could be worse. They could be on Nantucket. Why can't I hear it when I hit the button? President Biden and the First Lady are in Massachusetts for the Thanksgiving holiday. Air Force One touched down last night on Nantucket. The Bidens will spend part of the holiday calling members of the military to thank them for their service. The president has celebrated the holiday on the island with his family since 1975. He'll return to Washington now, on Sunday. How does a bust-out senator, which is all Joe Biden's ever been, bust-out senator, when he first got the job he made under 70000 a year, how does a bust-out senator own a DuPont mansion, have a vacation home on Nantucket that he goes to and travel all over the world and wear $6,000 suits. Maybe if we had the FBI to investigate his link between organized labor extortion mafias. But then again, how are you going to do that when they take the heads of these mafias and they put them in Washington, D.C. to normalize the corruption? Unions bring opportunities for people in this country they otherwise wouldn't have. Power of collective bargaining, the power of, of fighting for raising their wages. The, the nice thing about a union, though, is you you don't really even have to speak English or be able to spell. You can be perfectly incapable of getting out of, out of a room without an exit sign like Marty Walsh. And you get to be the president. How you doing? Power of pensions, the power of other kind of pension plans, 401ks. So I think that there's opportunities here for us to rebuild the middle class by that. And, and certainly I, I, I support collective bargaining and I support unionization, but I also support it being done the right way. So if people oh, want to organize, they right should be way. able to organize. And if people choose not to organize, they should have that right as well. Oh, but they don't, Marty. Oh, no, like states like this sewer state. Would they just have the big, the big lollipops and rainbow ticket that strengthens your organized syndicate of labor extortion? So now you control the jobs, like the five-point million that's getting splashed around at O'Hare. The second round, by the way, second round. And then all those gangsters there, what are they? Let me guess. I, something tells me they have to be in your union to get a contract. Oh, I think they do. You think you're fooling anybody short in the pants? You're not. Not anybody. Craig and Albert Thank Greenwood. you. What are you ordering from Dunkin' Donuts? What do you got? Big, big get-together at my place and everything. Right. Like, uh, uh, Craig is uh, obviously, I think it's DoorDash. Would you be safe to say it's DoorDash? It is a uh, jackass. We'll talk to uh, Craig and the rest of the people. 312-642-5600 if you care to participate. Let me know what you're getting on your DoorDash for dinner tonight after this. Marxists, socialists, and communists. 
are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. There's a minor attractive person. I wonder, how do you uh, uh, stop somebody in high heels and a halter top and a pair of camouflage pants from shooting everybody? You say, hey, they, get they, get them. Yeah, he was a real Trump supporter, you stupid son of a... We only pay, what, $11 billion on the FBI? I want to start our own defund the FBI. Let's do that. Hey, I mean, look, you saw how good it went with the defund the... Let's defund the FBI. You're not going to catch any less political crooks, that's for sure. In the meantime... I'm, I'm very fortunate tomorrow. I'm not going to, I'm going to be in a room where there's going to be probably be, if you add the kids in, I mean, easily over 50, probably closer to 70, not one scumbag Democrat, not one person dumb enough to not know what Joe Biden is, aside from being completely illiterate, a political whore, the most corrupt, incompetent, illegitimate president this country ever had interwoven with crime syndicates, driving up the costs of everything. So that the few could profit, just like the union. Stuffing up 69 percent, rolls up 22 percent, pumpkin pie up 22 percent, turkey, which is the biggest item on your Thanksgiving plate. Not surprisingly, up 21 percent, also up five dollars, fully a third of that increase. And when you factor in the commercial I just read for David Hochberg and you realize that in January to borrow one hundred thousand dollars cost you three hundred and twenty dollars a month. That same $100,000 now costs you $751 a month. It sucks for the good people who were forced into this through a mobocracy, a flaw in our system that allowed this political whore to ballot harvest and steal the election. But it also sucks for those roaches. So take good comfort in the fact we make more money than they do legitimately. They steal more, but we make more legitimately. And nothing spends like legitimate money. I mean, after all, you see how the crooks spend it. They're all fat and useless waiting for their pension checks. Cream Puff Jim, how you doing? Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I like to celebrate Thanksgiving. This is when the pilgrims knew how terrible socialism was, and they cast it away, yeah. so they traded with the Indians. And before they got killed by the Comanches, they were able to buy their own freedom. Thank you. If I, if I get a ride down to a mission, I might get, to, get there before the potatoes get too cold. I'm just going to say... Yeah. That the independence drove this midterm, which is strange. It's about 40, 50 years since the independence. Why did the independence ballot harvest and steal the elections and steal the identities? Well, I, don't, I don't think they had an interest. I don't think oh. they had an interest in you know what, party. You know what I think happened? I think the union wannabe scumbag gangsters who work for the Democrat mafia inside the bureaucracies of, of, of the states. What do they call them? Secretary of States. I think they figured out all the people that normally don't vote. They stole their identity. They asked for mail-in ballots and they frauded the vote. That's the only explanation for both this wrinkled-ass old man and the fact that some of these illiterate moron Democrats won office. And I mean the ones like good old Senator Fetterman. Take it easy, Senator. We'll get to you later. Now let's see if Craig in Mount Greenwood tipped his Uber driver, Food Dash, DoorDash. What'd you do? Did you tip him? No, I was at the bank. I was uh, moving some funds around because I, oh. uh, I took and di- I, I, I splurged on that food for the poor today. So I was want to make the fun. You know, you're uh, showing off you know. a little bit. Yesterday, groceries, and you had two bags. I don't like that. Now you come in, you talk about moving funds around. You know, this is a, a Biden economy. We're drowning in the quicksand of socialism. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, Sean, you are hit, hitting the bullseye there. Now, 
the only reason that somebody like this uh, fools or foolsy or whatever is it and that can make Frank all this um, yeah lying and basically uh, making all his uh, basically political remarks and everything is because our problem is the oh and my wife says happy Thanksgiving to you oh tell her give her a kiss for oh me. and her uh, and the doctor she works for her says now that was a good stick. Oh, wonderful. Very good. Well, here's a guy, you know, I mean, it's a tough occupation. I mean, you never know if you could get Dr. Awardy walks in one day, he's going to have to close shop. So I want to help him while he's still open. Go ahead. Okay. Our biggest problem is this uh, damn media that basically covers for all of these liars and all this kind of thing. They basically, they don't tell us anything that we should be knowing, everything, like especially stuff with the COVID and all that stuff. They cover everything that, you know, uh, for these people when they take and are doing bad things, so to speak, in it. And anything that we should know, we don't get. And anything that we, uh, and, and stuff that's twisted around. And that's why the, even the, the thing with the um, January 6th, the thing with the voting, getting covered with all the shenanigans with the voting. I mean, this FBI guy, fascist bureau of uh, in, the intimidators. You saw what happened in Michigan. You saw that the FBI had put together a militia, pretended it was a militia. They near, I think they outnumbered the actual non-FBI agents in the militia as they pretend to kidnap Whitmer. And it turns out that was probably, if I remember the testimony correctly, at least a collaboration between an FBI agent and another one. They lost the first case, but then they found one of those Democrat scum judges, like the one who took the jet away from the kid in the Pepsi challenge or the same kind that sit on the table of wisdom LLC with Ed Burke. You can always, you know, rely on the snake, exactly what and the scums exactly of the Democrats to play the game and use the legal system as a weapon against the people, because that's the kind of America you're, you have when you have a Democrat mafia member in charge of it. Thank you very much. And as to Craig's point, can you address whether the president was involved in any of his son, uh, Hunter, or his brother's uh, foreign business deals? So, look, I, I, you know, um, uh-huh. there's there's some a little bit of uh, right. I- interesting, uh, you know, kind of on-brand uh, uh-huh. thinking here because, um, you know, congressional Republicans... Uh, now, when she says on-brand thinking, does she mean like the way that the kid who shot the, the cross-dressers, he was a Republican too? That didn't pan out so well. In fact, none of what they tell you in their beginning pans out. Why don't you just answer the question, Dimwit Sideshow Bob? Let's go over the question with you one more time. Can you address whether the president was involved in any of his son, uh, Hunter, or his brother's uh, foreign business deals? So, look, I, you know, um, there's there's some a little bit of uh, interesting, uh, you know, kind of on-brand uh, thinking here because, um, you know, congressional Republicans uh, ran uh, saying that they were going to fight inflation. Uh, they said they were going to make that a priority. They were very clear about that these past uh, several months, and instead, what they they're doing is they're focusing, uh, you know, they're focusing, they're making their type priority. They get the majority and their type priority is actually not focusing on the American families, but focusing on. Brilliant. Well, she got the job clearly because she's articulate. There's another spokesperson for the White House that can't speak. Number one. Number two, we are trying to help inflation by arresting and incarcerating the mafia that is now running our government. You see, you have an asset of the Chinese Communist Party pretending to be president. You have an asset of oligarchs in Eastern Europe in their oligarch war pretending to fund a good old-fashioned war instead of the Ukrainian Nazis were funding, you know, the ones that blow up Poland. You have a fraud pretending to help the people the whole time enriching his union scourge. 
See, the way you fight inflation is by arresting Joe Biden and anybody that works for him. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Oh, I mean, you see every headline on this low-life drudge report. Every headline. Capitalism is bad. Government Marxism is good. It's us versus the government supremacists. That's the real issue at hand. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How are you doing tonight? Splendid. How are you? Good. I just wanted to uh, push you and your family along with... uh, Along with the Honey Bunny and Squirrel and Nicky uh, Nikki Whaley, yeah, the Five Sixty Crew, thank you, and all of your listeners, uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, that's wonderful. I hope everybody has, and I hope everybody has uh, a safe holiday. We have a lot to be thankful for because, in the end, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to win. This Marxist mafia is going to collapse on its ass. And in the and, and in the meantime, we have each other, so we have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for you, Rich in Indian Head Park. Thank you and your family. Very nice of you. Greg in Rockford. Hi, Greg. I think I scared you. Yeah, what's up, Sean? How you doing, kid? Uh, just a quickie. Just wanted to say you're pretty awesome. I like listening to you. Oh, thank you. Don't say quickie. Like you make Kamala Harris. She twitches whenever she she even thinks she hears quickie. Kamala Harris just, okay. All right, so go ahead. Yeah, you're like my replacement for Rush. Oh, what's it? come on. Thank oh. you very much. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, it's way too much, but thank you. Although uh, my hair is better. Seriously, I had to go there. I had to go there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But I got a little thing for you. All right. Difference between Trump and DeSantos. Trump's like a bull in a china shop, where DeSantos is like a ninja in the shadows. You know what I would love, Greg, and I mean this. I would love if DeSantis doesn't win. I mean, doesn't run. I don't want him to run. I'm dead serious about it because he's, listen, I happen to watch him. I live in Florida. He's got three beautiful kids. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a nice family. He's got people around him who love him. He has a state that appreciates him so much that he is won by the largest margin in state history. I don't want to expose him to the mafia that is Washington, D.C., the corrupt FBI, the corrupt DOJ, the corrupt CIA, and the oligarch of corruption known as Washington, D.C., and K Street and the rest of it. I mean it. I want to keep them in Florida. Let's just build the wall. Only this time, I don't care if it's on the border. I want it to be between Florida and Georgia. That's what I like. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Greg. I'd like to see Carrie Lake run. After all, she's used to getting robbed. She'll expect it the next time. Jim Palos Park. It's me. Uh, I listen to you, friend. And I just myself once again. Oh, we got a terrible connection, Jim. I feel terrible. Love you and... And ask a question of you. When did the Republican Party of Lincoln, that was the X, they were blue. When did the Republican Party turn red? When Mitch McConnell married the, 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 the shipping heiress. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding. I, we, our phone broke up. All I heard is Republican Party. Anyway, thank you for the sentiment. I appreciate it very much. Eduardo! Midway. Yeah, Sean, you know, these, all these people that are complaining about these, uh, like AR-15s, assault weapons, but these are the same people who are in favor of the Ukraine war. What are they using <laughs> over there, paint guns? And, and, and listen, it, normally, you just don't blow up the Polish farmer who's minding his own business, and he gets hit, hit 
ironically from a rocket by Raytheon, in which I think it's uh, uh, Lloyd Austin made a little brokerage on, shot by a Nazi in Ukraine. That kind of puts a, st- a stale note on the whole war. In the meantime, let's take away the, the, the weapons of the honest people so they cannot defend themselves. But Eduardo, I've got a good story for you. Do How much time do I got? 25 seconds? Live in Calumet Heights, you can see behind me, Chicago police are still on the scene right now after an attempted carjacking overnight. We know all of this started just after 2 a.m. Ultimately, two people were shot. Police say a 23-year-old woman was sitting in her parked car when four guys who were armed tried to open her car door. The woman who has a concealed carry license shot one of the suspects in the head. See? Feel-good story. I want to give you a feel-good story. She shot the guy in the head. The other three scampered away. I hope she got out of the car and said, hey, where are you going? See, that's why you need guns. Good people with guns shoot one bad person in the head and chase away three others. Feel good story. See? Happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. The best part about being in your 50s is that you probably started school in the 70s. Oh, the 70s. Not only was polyester very comfortable, teachers were wonderful people. Most of them were thin, well-dressed. They did nice things like teach you about actual mathematics, history, and English. They wouldn't dare talk to you children about anything other than school. They wouldn't try to influence their life. They wouldn't try to tell them to ignore their parents or try to degrade the history of each family's legacy. That never happened. Or, above all, they certainly wouldn't bash America. Well, it's a new day. Now teachers look like plumbers. They can't say the word ask. And they hate America. They're mainly Marxists. But they're all in the union. What do you expect? My next guest has spent a tremendous amount of time fighting them. She continues to fight them. In fact, she started an organization called the United States Parents Involved in Education which has at least 20 chapters. It's rapidly growing. She's also the executive producer of a new documentary film, Truth and Lies in American Education. I am uh, very happy to welcome Sherry Few on the show to talk about how we can change a corrupt institution like the Department of Education. Sherry, how are you? Thank you, Sean. I'm very happy to be on the show with you again. Well, I have to tell you, um, I'm going to go to a Thanksgiving party my wife's family is immense and huge and there are kids that are little from you know three years old all the way up to teenagers and this is an issue that is near and dear to our hearts because the reality is we're in a communist state run by a trust fund baby who views himself to be a fat napoleon and he is going to dictate every aspect of their education but moreover he is eyeing the um shooting them with the experiment that seems to be killing people uh, in the vaccine. So we're going to mount up and get out of here, or we're going to homeschool. And I like the idea that you're taking on this institution, which is a leviathan, a mammoth, corrupt institution in control of billions upon billions of dollars, and uh, doesn't seem to be harmed by the demands of parents. It's the U.S. Department of Education has um, 
a budget annually of over $70 billion. And every year, especially under the Biden administration, they asked for more. In last year's budget, they wanted a a 30% increase. Thankfully, they didn't get what they asked for, but they're always wanting more. And that money comes from the state. It comes from taxpayers all over the country. And then it's sent back to them after they've siphoned off billions to fund their their mammoth um, bureaucracy. Then they send it back to us with minimal amounts, with strings attached, saying, if you take this money, then you're going to have to follow our guidelines for indoctrinating your children. Most people forget that the Department of Education was signed into law in 1978, which is why the education prior to this becoming an organized crime family was so much better in this country. And it's actually the brainchild of somebody who I think is arguably one of the worst presidents this country had, Richard Nixon who came up with the Department of uh, Education. And we all know he was real honest, full of integrity, really wanted what's best for the country as he lied us into multiple calamities. And um, this can be defunded. This country existed for a hundred years without it. Two hundred years. Two hundred years without it. And uh, why are people so afraid to let the Department of Education go? Well, again, I think it goes back to the money. It has grown far beyond the scope anyone ever imagined and just grows more and more every year. And it's about control. So they, again, they take our money, send it back to us, you know, with just a pittance, and then they can control our classrooms. You know, on average, only 10% of each state's education budget comes from the federal government. Actually, it's a little more in the last few years because of all the COVID relief money the schools received. But on average, 10%. And and then, you know, they control 100 percent of the classrooms. It's insane that we're allowing this to continue. Sherry, if you ever took a look into one of the real crime families called the Chicago Public uh, Teachers Union here in Chicago, and you realize that they're paid twenty eight thousand dollars per registered pupil, not kids that even show up as a tremendous amount of the kids never show up. The grades, it's, it's a ridiculous percentage of the kids that can even read by the time they graduated high school. They're bound by no there's no incentive for teachers to be good teachers they don't have to be you're getting twenty eight thousand dollars per chair not per living kid we have schools where sometimes the staff when you factor in the the not just the faculty but the people who work at the school outnumber the kids or equal the kids in the school that actually go yet this institution stays open because there's a lot of fraud and there's a lot of money in it you're talking about this kind of money and this kind of power where 80 percent in some cases in cook county of the tax bills of property owners go to fund this institution where neither the teachers or the kids can say the word ask. Why would they change it? They've got a great scam going. Well, you're right. And and even though Illinois is on a much larger scale than South Carolina, where I live, still 70% or more of our taxes go to fund the local government schools. So even though we're, we're probably... $12,000 a student, which I still think is too much. 28 is ridiculous. But still, 70% or more of our tax dollars go to fund these local government indoctrination centers. And so we have to look at the fact that it is our tax dollars that are funding these government schools. And people need to stand up against what is being taught. We have to insist on real education being delivered in these government schools. And look at the funding structure and, you know, closing the U.S. Department of Education could shift a lot of those funds that have been sent to the federal government back to the state so that you can 
possibly decrease some of the cost to the taxpayers in your state. You know what I'm aggravated about? I uh, paid attention to uh, the last administration, Trump administration. Betsy DeVos, she's a multi-billionaire family. Her brother's the one with the contract for the mercenaries all over the world, the first trillion-dollar contract in, the, in, in America. Why didn't she do anything? Well, we thought she was a bad choice. Uh, we, we recommended other people that would have done a much better job. She's, she's all about school choice, which is something that we don't even advocate for as an organization. We don't think that putting government money in private schools is a good idea at all, and homeschooling as well, because as long as they take the money, then they're going to be beholden to the government. So, you know, we have some So you want a separation ideas. from education and government? See, I want a separation from the economy and government. You know, I, you think about the things that the government is not supposed to be able to do, and then you realize there's nothing they cannot do. And the influence that they have over your very existence and your, and, and your raising the children, it, it reminds me of pretending that you're a property owner. You're a property tender. And it turns out when it comes to being a parent, you don't have much say in it, as they now can scale anything they want to tell your kid from as early on as they want, except in a few states where some government have the testicle fortitude to say to the federal government, shut your mouth. So there is some, at least some winning on that side, is there not? Absolutely. So we saw, you know, last year with uh, Governor Youngkin's race in Virginia, we saw how when when an elected official or a candidate even in this case stands up for what's right, stands up for parents' rights, then they, they were able to turn that state from a blue state to a red state. And he's still doing well in delivering on his promises. And then, of course, we saw in this last election Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida and how he made a clean sweep in that state, uh, received more votes than any Republican in the history of the state. And, and that he has been outspoken and bold and has delivered on putting parents back in charge of their children's education. So we've seen that, and we've seen it with local school board races all over the country a few weeks ago. Even in blue states, we've seen school boards toppled by people, by parents, and freedom-loving uh, Americans. Sherry, it's um, it's something for me to witness because I'm from Illinois, I recently moved to Florida, and now I go back and forth, okay? And I primarily live in Florida, but I come back for the holidays to Chicago. And I have a dear friend of mine who's does very well for himself, has a wonderful family. And I saw something happen this week that I, I was infuriated at, but ultimately I said, well, this is the difference in citizens' ideology of being a slave versus being an American, and I'll tell you what I mean by this. In Florida, the primary reason this got started was because teachers were talking to very young children and sexualizing their lives, number one. Number two, there was a push, like there is in this sewer state of Illinois, to have boys go to the bathroom with girls. And at that point, Florida and many other states said, absolutely not. But yet in this state, I just watched a friend of mine go through turmoil as his young daughter was in the bathroom and some scumbag lowlife rat, a boy, went in the bathroom and said, today I'm a girl. And the way in which the law is written in Illinois is... There's no other qualification than some degenerate scum saying he is a girl to go in the bathroom for the girls. So at that point, as a taxpayer, now this guy pays a lot of money in taxes. Why can he not sue the individual lowlife that allows this to happen in the schools? Why can't they sue the principal, the teacher, and any other adult over the age of 18 that allowed this atrocity to be called a Monday? 
Well, you started out by saying there's a law that allows that in your state. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, it's well, it's it's the agenda of the Illinois Education Department that has made uh, uh, boys' bathrooms put tampons in the bathroom and really a push to make these bathrooms unisex from the okay. state, from Springfield down. Well, that parent can absolutely sue. And there's organizations out there that are um, providing pro bono services for cases like this. Um, one is featured in our documentary that was released, Truth and Lies in American Education. Bernadette Boyle, she started the children and parental rights um alliance or organization and th- that's what they do it's a it's a pro bono law firm that is helping defend families where their children have been in some cases assaulted not only uh, forced to be in the bathroom and be made uncomfortable and, and yeah. fear um but they've actually been assaulted she's represented several families where this has happened and where transgender um, influences have been placed on children for medication and, and therapy without mm-hmm. parental consent. So there are organizations out there that they can turn to that will help them in these very expensive lawsuits. What are some of the other atrocities you see as the rewriting of history in this country? I see that you you mentioned uh, the truth and lies. You know, we're going into Thanksgiving where I have to allow illiterate actors to voice their people of indigenous survival day. I think it was called by uh, an actor that was born in Bogota, Colombia, ironically enough, Uh, instead of understanding exactly what Thanksgiving is when the pilgrims rejected the idea of socialism, open up trade posts and both enrich the lives of the Indians and themselves rather than the fairy tale of how uh, colonialists killed native Americans. I mean, how much of this nonsense do we allow to happen before we have parents focus on actual real history is this happening now that more and more people are awake to the marxist mafia pretending to be educators well that's the good news sean is that parents have awakened from their sleepiness in allowing uh, so much trust in the government educating their children they have woken up i think the covid um pandemic if you will was the uh, the one silver lining in it was that they were able to see what their children are learning and then there's been lots of movements like the 1776 project that has exposed how the 1619 project, which is, you know, the liberal view of reimagining history, uh, is all is false and, and indoctrination. So there are national organizations like ours and the 1776 project, which is a project of Hillsdale College, that are fighting back and pushing back. Parents are collecting these resources. As I mentioned earlier, Parents have run for school board all over the country, even in blue states, and won. So they're accessing these alternative resources. And another great alternative resources, uh, resource for these newly elected school board members is some real training that teaches the truth. Because in most states, newly elected school board members are required to take the union or the, the trade association training in their state. And they don't get the truth out of that. They try to undermine their authority and indoctrinate them as, as elected officials as to what authority they have. So there are some great resources. These can be found on our website at org. We'd love to help people and direct them toward some of these organizations where they can get the other resources they need. Sherry Few, I can't thank you enough for doing this on behalf of my nieces and nephews who are all young parents. I think it's crucially essential that there are alternatives and that people know about this so they can go to uspi.org what 
What is it? You, I'm US, sorry, USPIE. USPIE.org. That's correct. And let me point, let, let me just make a shout out to our Illinois PIE chapter president, which is Terry Newsom. I know you know him. He's been on your show before. Yeah. He's a hero in my mind and, and in so many in your state. From what I understand, he's doing a great job. And he's going to be doing a, hosting a screening of our interest in life in American education at the historic the Plains Theater, is that the correct Desplains. way to pronounce it? Desplains. Yes. Yeah. On Wednesday, February 8th. So you can learn more about that. Um, maybe you can have Terry on the show, but we're just so proud of him, and we're excited that he's doing such brave work in Chicago. Yes, that's, that's the way to characterize it. Thank you so much, Sherry Few. I really appreciate you making time to come on. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So another reason that I have absolute and total contempt for the Federal Bureau of Incompetence is that we have an asset of the Chinese Communist Party, a crack-smoking, degenerate, whoremongering fraud, a, a moron that was dragged around because his last name was Biden since he was a kid, a punk kid, by the way, by the name of Hunter Biden, was bribed $1.5 billion in his pretend investment firm. Now he had a partner in that firm. Turned out to be John Kerry's stepson. Who's John Kerry? He's the climate czar. You want to talk about a load of dung. That climate agenda. What this is, is meant to cripple you, the American, hamstring your employer, hamstring entire sectors of our economy, and enrich the communist rat Chinese that bribed the crack-smoking son of the sitting president. You know the one with dementia that can't say the words independently of each other? Here now, Mandy Gunasakara, former EPA chief of staff and Independence Women for Independent Women's Forum senior policy analyst. Mandy, great to see you. Although I got to say, now that's quite a credentials, quite quite the credentials. This is not just somebody they picked off of, uh, of the street like MSNBC and hired just some scumbag, never Trumper, lying, short in the pants Irishman like Joe Walsh. No, this is a person of credentials and reputation. This idea sounds nuts to me. What exactly are we signed up for and what is it going to mean for Americans? Well, it's absolute nuts and indicative of how the climate conversation has gone at the globalist level. It's completely undermining serious efforts at the domestic level. And this administration has made clear they want to apologize for America's success, whether talking about the economy or the environment. And we should not be apologizing. And really what this now that's bad enough. But we know what the scheme of the eco-Nazis is. To constantly hamstring America, to not only de-enrich, but to de-industrialize America and turn it into one of these third world hellholes or these quasi-socialist European oligarch-run countries. Boy, oh boy, we're getting more and more like that. In the meantime, that's bad enough. But there's even more to the story. You see, right now, with the Biden regime, it's not only to enrich the public sector unions. It is to enrich the Chinese communist scum 
is it's an attempt to bribe smaller countries to go along with this climate charade and that's not good for them it's not good for this country and it's an absolute waste to the taxpayers this administration is signing up billions of taxpayer dollars to go abroad to international slush funds that are unchecked by globalists that will do nothing to improve the environment and only undercut America's otherwise economic success so yes it is nuts so Americans who can't afford their heating bills are going to write a blank check to I don't even know who to pay for climate who reparations. Who? By the way, is China signed up for this thing? Are they on board? Because most of the time they're not on board with all the climate that we have to pay for. Yeah, you make a very good point with China. And what is unclear at this point, whether or not they are going to be a recipient of these funds or they're going to be funding them. And that's because they are still classified as a developing country, despite their economic growth and despite developing country and a favored nation. And Joe Biden said just a couple of weeks, I never forget, even though he has dementia and he's easy to forget. So we have to, the industrialized world has to not only clean up our act, but we've got to help these countries do what they need to do without further hurting the environment. And we have to pay them, in my view. We have to compensate them. So maybe it'll be like the way we helped Ukraine, who then gave their money to FTX, who then gave its money to the Democrat mafia. Maybe it'll be helping them all the way while lining the pockets of these political whores pretending to be Democrats. It would explain why anybody would give a crack-smoking, degenerate, whoremongering fraud $1.5 billion. ...experience of foreign influence, although we have been falsely accused, including by the chairman of this committee, of spreading Russian disinformation. Do you, are you aware of the FBI having any involvement whatsoever in the October 19, 2020, public statement by 51 former intelligence officials? I'm not aware of any involvement by the FBI in what you're describing. The the reason I ask is if it's true that uh, in August of 2020, the FBI initiated a scheme to downplay derogatory information on Hunter Biden, it would seem like maybe part of that scheme would be to get intelligence officials to issue a letter that stated that the laptop had all the earmarks of a russian information operation huh laptop had the earmarks russia bombed poland huh the first chart here shows a bank record showing a one million dollar wire transfer into the account of hudson west three from cefc limited on november 2nd 2017 the Senator Grassley and I have already established CEFC is effectively an arm of the communist Chinese regime. It is also important to note that at the time of this transfer, in November 2017, Hunter Biden was already invested in and providing management for Hudson West 3. So a company that was effectively an arm of the Chinese government transferred $1 million in November 2017 to a company that Hunter Biden is managing and is invested in. That was just the first payment. Payments got up to $1.5 billion. And what celebrates Thanksgiving from Nantucket in a multi-multi-multi-million dollar mansion is an asset of the Chinese Communist Party. (laughs) Excuse me. 
Excuse me. Yeah, hope you pull through. George in Naperville. Sean, how you doing? Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if it was third grade, fourth grade, everything was pollution. The pollution's going to kill us, this and that. And I remember asking my dad, you know, I was kind of like, you know, they were trying to worry us about it. Uh-huh. I said, what, what about this? And they said, oh, you won't have to worry about that in your lifetime. I'm just wondering what these parents tell their kids today about, you know, that the earth's going to melt. I, I mean, are, Well, when you were a kid, they were that? afraid of the Ice Age, and they were selling moon boots because of the hole in the ozone layer, and you couldn't use the odorant, which explains the smell at Maywood Park Racetrack. In the meantime, it was all a lie. Just like everything that comes out of the mouth of the most pathological liars in our society. They're called politicians. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just... Disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560. The answer. Boy, it is out of the 70s. I know it's not Beretta. Something tells me it's a guy with a sweater sliding over a Grand Torino. Starsky and Hutch. Oh, what a show. I, did, I, I still, I loved it, but I loved Beretta. Robert Blake, don't do the crime if you don't can't do the time with the cockatoo. Robert Blake wouldn't have take, taken any of this. Wouldn't have happened. No, and he actually handled real guns. Ah, it's very good. Yeah, although he leaves them in restaurants and his wife has a way of just dying. And I'm sure that's fine. Turned out it was Marlon Brando's kid they think killed her. Did you ever watch that documentary? It's very interesting. Yeah. Greg and Rogers Park. Happy Thanksgiving, Sean, to you and your family and everyone at uh, AM560, the answer. Thank you, brother. Um, we all appreciate that. Yeah, Sean, yeah, I, I know you're talking about Biden, but I, I just read an article um, that my cousin sent me. Pritzker is claiming that our bond rating has gone up. He's paid all of our bills, and our deficit is gone. Now, I don't understand how he can say that when there's no—I think he's lying. I know he's lying, but can yeah. you explain how the process works? And, and what exactly he said. And in politics, you can absolutely in politics you can ab- absolutely tell a lie, a fabrication, a false prediction, and there are no ramifications of that. It is the only arena in our society of which there is no ramifications for completely lying to the people. Except you say this whole thing: well, they could vote them out. Well, they're never going to vote out somebody who's giving them all kinds of free cheese. So, I mean, like here, would you you think you're going to vote out Lori Lightfoot or? Or Pritzker with this going on? More than 4,000 Chicagoans will soon get a little extra cash in their pockets. Yeah, really good news. The Resiliency 2.0 Cash Assistance Program taking applications today. Now, each of the 4,000 families selected will get $500 cash payments. And all they got to do is continue to vote for Democrats. So why wouldn't they? And as far as your cousin contacting you with a story like that, imagine what Pritzker's cousin contacting him and saying, how do I get out of this uh, pedophile island? How do I get out of the Jeffrey Epstein logs, flight logs? How can I do that? Kevin, Austin, Texas. Tom Pritzker. Sean, brother. I want to uh, wish you a belated happy birthday. I heard oh, you, uh, thank you had a big day yesterday. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Big and then uh, I want to commend you on your uh, downgrading of the uh, Democratic political brand. Uh, a couple of things. The turnout in uh, Chicago is down 30%. For Pritzker, down 21% in suburban Cook County. Well, some of them are uh, incarcerated or get shot, and there is that. Yeah, so I think, I mean, what you're doing, I think it's doing, it's, you're doing your job. Oh, uh, I, but I want to tell you. I hope so. Yeah, I, but I want to tell you that uh, there's an experience I had about 
when Trump announced that on that Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, so I became a precinct captain down there I'm in Williamson County. It's kind of like DuPage County. Oh, uh, you must blend in there with the cowboy hats and the boots, and then there's Kevin. Yeah. Go ahead. You know what? That's what I thought, but it's not like that. Anyhow, so it's at the time they're describing, you know, all right, this is how we did in the county. They put a map up on the wall, mm-hmm. and it has, like, the blue areas where, like, close to Chicago. So, and it's Williamson County is kind of like DuPage to Chicago. Williamson is to Austin, Texas. All right. So, anyhow, they have that up there, and they're going through, hey, this is the area we got to fight, you know, because it's, 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 like, right in the uh, the barrier there mm-hmm. and as they were describing all this the announcement came said hey trump's gonna get he's gonna run for re-election half the crowd cheered and the other half sighed yeah. because their job is going to be that much harder to get people out and vote but i want to the other part of the story is i want to encourage you're doing a great job oh, denigrating nice. the democrats and all that but like guys like tom from blue island when you talk about he did some great things in his life if people like him get involved in the precinct level especially in dupage they can get out and get an op- organize an operation in the next year, and then grow the. the so Republican let me. Party. You don't people think you don't think you. pop people got engaged this year? This year, you don't think no, people got engaged? The, the Republican vote was was down because in, in Illinois because three hundred and thirty I mean, thousand Illinoisans moved in a year. Those are the ones that identified the Illinois Republican Party that would run such a fraud as Richard Irving as a scum party. So much so that Durkin stepped down. Right. But it doesn't matter because who's picked the narrow shouldered fraud who wants to be uh, Ken Griffin's ass barnacle. Come on. Sean, I'm, I understand you might have some confusion because of the uh, the Scotch Irish blood in you, but that's OK. I want to get past that. Yeah, I, I, still think, I still think it's an opportunity for people who listen to you. I'm saving time for Blue Island to move to Florida and run for precinct captain the way you did in Austin, Texas. You think you're fooling me, Kevin? You move. Don't tell people how they got to stay and tolerate it. I want them all to move. Any state dumb enough to reelect this butter-handed trust fund baby shrouded in cloud in, uh, of corruption for decades. 17 hours on the Blagojevich tape. You think you're going to save it? Just stick another four years? Just wait around? We don't have time to wait for Illinois to pull its head out of its derriere. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. My next guest not only graduated from UIC... He received a Ph.D. from Johns Hopkins University. He's a formal faculty member at three universities and a former federal regulator at the Department of Health and Human Services. His name is Edward Bartlett. Edward, how are you? I'm great, Sean. How are you doing? Very good. When's the last time you were in Chicago? Uh, Let's see. I guess a couple years ago I was there to... uh, hang out in some of my old haunts in the North Shore area. Well, don't do that again. I don't know if you've been paying attention. It's very risky. And I know you head up the Center for to, uh, or the Coalition to End Domestic Violence. Not that domestic violence in Chicago is something to worry about as well. But in the meantime, I'm very interested in what you do because you, you, you tie Marxist ideology and domestic violence together. Uh, if I have that about right, 
um, let's go get into exactly what it is, the Coalition to End Domestic Violence, and what you've learned as your years as a regulator at the Department of Health and Human Services and your three universities. I'd, I'd like to get into this with you. Well, sure, Sean. So let me start by just throwing two numbers at you, okay? Right. So here it goes. This is the number of annual victims of domestic violence each year in the United States, according to the Centers for Disease Control. All right, you ready? Here are the numbers. All right. Each year, there's 4.2 million male victims of domestic violence, 3.5 female victims of domestic violence. So there's more and male we, victims than female? That's exactly right, according to the, the CDC. And I'm willing to bet a lot of money you've never heard those numbers before. Wow. And that. I'm going to throw another very interesting factoid at you, that that domestic violence rates have skyrocketed among lesbian same-sex couples, and their rates of domestic violence jump off the chart. Again, I'm willing to bet you've never heard that before, because it it diverges radically from the narrative that's been floated out there by the gender activists. Well, Edward, I'm from Melrose Park, and when my wife punches me in the face, I consider it foreplay. So it's not something I I would ever think was an issue. I am taken aback by this. I had no idea that this was an issue, and I certainly had no idea more men than women were victims of domestic violence. But the reason I say this, and I, I, I say it half kiddingly, but in my neighborhoods, we tend to marry people in our same culture. And with that comes a lot of, of, of certainty. And the certainty is we do not tolerate that for the, for the most part, or we haven't for generations. And I can remember being a young guy when uh, a woman in the neighborhood had been beaten up by her drunk husband. Neighborhood guys got together and beat the hell out of that guy to make sure he never touched her again. I'm still shocked that this is quite the problem that it is. I'm shocked that people don't have family that they can fall back on to make certain that their spouses don't abuse them. I'm shocked this is even an issue in the year 2022. But I am never really shocked at the fact that humanity is not really out of its infancy yet. Well, think of it this way. The last time you went to a movie and saw a woman slap a guy vigorously on the face, was the audience appalled or did the audience laugh? Now, I'm willing to bet, in many cases, people just laugh at this as sort of, oh, ha-ha, funny, funny. Yeah. Well, that that right there reflects on our social attitudes about domestic violence towards men. But let, let me actually peel back another layer of the onion here. Why is it that the, the narrative uh, is so radically different than the actual facts from the CDC? Well... Let me tell you the answer to that. So this goes back to the Marxist ideology. Um, Karl Marx um, decreed, uh, remember, ideology is not based on science, it's based on on belief, right? So uh, Karl, Karl Marx said that the nuclear family is oppressive to women. Now, of course, that's that's completely wrong. People who are happily married... They live longer, their mental health is better, their kids are, I mean, everything is far better in a in, a, in the nuclear family, right? Uh-huh. But Karl Marx said the opposite, so guess what? Feminism, which is comes right out of uh, Marxist ideology, 
decided that, oh, yes, he's right. We have to figure out how to destroy the family. All right. So we know that if you want to accomplish something like that, you have to attack the weak link. Now, because mothers have a stronger biological bond with the children, but guess what? Ideally. I mean, the, we're dealing in Chicago. There's a lot of mothers here that are fully prepared to kill their own kids. But I get your point. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, so so the Marxist feminists uh, are, have targeted the father for marginalization and removal. And a lot of that is done through the domestic violence industry. So, for example, if once you push this narrative that, yeah, this is all about men and fathers beating up their wives, you, you begin to create a, a, a stereotype, and that stereotype has spillover effects. Ultimately, it results in fathers being removed from the family uh, setting, and I'll just give one example. So under domestic violence policies in Illinois and elsewhere, um, anybody can get a restraining order uh, just by saying, "Judge, I'm I'm fearful. I'm afraid." Yeah. Uh, there's there's no need for you know actual evidence of abuse. So guess what? Uh, restraining order usually is against the guy. He's booted out of the house with with one or two hours, mm-hmm. and and that's that's the, how the cascade of removing dads happens in far too many cases. You know what's funny? Um, I've I've spent a lot of time reading about this person, Karl Marx. Very interesting. One of my one of my favorite books is The Devil and Karl Marx. And then you focus on how these movements get started. And they're all different branches of the same ideology, the ideology of collectivism, the ideology that uh, government supremacy is the way to run society. And it's very, very interesting because at first the step is to destroy the individuality in life, ironically what America's built on. And the next step is to destroy the nuclear arrangement between human beings, the family, as it were. And that's the stage we're at here with this. And ultimately, the irony is to turn society over to a, a corrupted government that runs itself like an organized mafia. And the idea that people in the year 2022 are still susceptible to this, when we have all of the different failures throughout our history of Marxism and the idea of communism and socialism and the rest of it. But then when you look at the areas in which the philosophies in this country have been allowed to expand, and I'm, I'm broadcasting from one of them, it is a sewer of incompetence and corruption and violence and mayhem. It is a system where greed has been given to the man who fights to keep his money rather than the drug addict scourge who fights to take the stranger's money away. And you realize we should be aware of what Marxism is. We should laugh at it on its face and we should reject it as a society. Yet, it has never been more prominent in American society. How do you combat this? Well, first of all, I totally agree with your analysis. Uh, Marxism has been growing has growing influence in our society and this this issue of domestic violence is just a perfect example of that how do you combat it well the first is we have to we have to change we have to challenge and change this narrative you know the, the narrative that this is all about men exercising their patriarchal power and control and uh, you know you know uh, abusing their wives and and girlfriends that's that's the stereotype. That's the narrative that the Marxists want to push, and we have to challenge that and say, "Hey, 
that is that's just garbage. That's not what the CDC says, and that's junk science. So we start with with the narrative, and then we begin to drill down on the specific policies. I've already mentioned about the restraining orders and that you know how that those are abused. I'll give you another example. Um, <clears throat> often, when when the the police come to a home for a nine one one call for domestic violence. You know, again, even though the guy more often is the victim, guess who almost always gets arrested? Oh, the guy. Come on. The guy. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm no choir boy. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so we should be just appalled by that that uh, that incongruity. And that that's just another example of how the policy has been driven by the narrative. You know, Edward, I'm curious to know what you think, because I'm going to tell you how what a radical contrarian I am. We have all of this fighting for marriage and licenses and gay marriage and all this stuff. I am very upset that government was ever invited into love. And I'm serious about this. I don't understand why anybody would seek the the permission and the involvement by government into a relationship. I think that marriage is a philosophy that human beings, whether they partake in religion or whatever the case is, should be able to exercise without the government involvement. Because once the government is involved, then the the dissolving of any relationship, any marriage, has the government factor in it. And it's within that that oftentimes breeds this kind of domestic violence. And I, I witnessed this throughout my life as I've had friends that got divorced, family members, where they're forced to coexist with somebody they're going through a divorce with. That is a recipe of toxic violence waiting to happen. Do you think I'm wrong in the idea we should abolish the relationship between government and love? Well, I think you're, 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 you're spot on on that. Uh, and I'll actually explain why we're this... This whole incestuous relationship may be getting worse, and the the reason is two words: coercive control. Coercive control <clears throat> refers to uh, partner relationships where one person is name calling, demeaning, controlling, sometimes referred to as nagging. Right, and actually, um, I was in Springfield, Illinois, uh, several months ago to lobby against, there were actually three bills in play in Springfield to turn nagging or course of control into a legal matter. And I actually succeeded in blocking these three bills. I got a suit against but, a wife that I want you to help me with, for God's sakes. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Well, no, no, but your, your joke is actually spot on because when I talked to the staffers, again, this was in Springfield, I said, well, hey, here's the the definition that's from the bill itself, I quoted the actual word-for-word definition from the bill. I said, and these are mostly female staffers, I said, doesn't that sound an awful lot to you like nagging? Every one of them agree- agreed, right? So the point is we're not saying nagging is a good thing. Yeah. We're saying it's a counseling uh, matter. It shouldn't. We should not be getting the legal system involved in no. you know, dealing with these, these daily kind of, call them, you know, mundane uh, issues of, uh, of, of partner relationships. You know, Edward, I, I had said earlier about the culture of, of my old neighborhood, an Italian neighborhood, where a lot of the people are family legacies where you know each other for a long time. But more importantly, you share that 
private nature that a lot of a lot of ethnic neighborhoods have. And I really think what'll save the country in the future, and this is, you know, I don't think it I don't mean it to be controversial, I just mean it as an observation, are the people who come here from Latin America, people who come here from areas in Central America, who have that culture of family first, government isn't even a thought. Let's raise our kids and let's raise them with principles. And more importantly, in a lot of these uh, families, whether the father is the earner, there is a mother that is a strong matriarch figure. And there is something to be said for that. Not always is it bad. In some cases, it can be really wonderful. As I was in a family like this, my grandmother was the, you know, the strongest person in the family. It was really something to behold. And it kind of taught you how to treat women and all about how important the family was and how insignificant government is. Isn't that kind of the upside of our new move in immigration? You know, I'm I'm really with you on that particular point. Uh, I'll just say I happen to speak Spanish fluently. Um, I was in Peru just a month ago. Um, I have relatives in Peru, yeah. so I, I I know a thing or two about the Latin American culture. And you're right the the family unit is so much stronger. And yeah, <laughs> we have a lot to learn from people from other societies that still. You know, the nuclear family really means something very important. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, I love what you do. I'm curious about your time at the Department of Health and Human Services. I picture a lot of, oh. don- I picture a lot of donuts, a lot of sitting around, a lot of money <laughs> wasted. Do I have it about right? Well, um, I, I worked in a regulatory office uh, in the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh-huh. Health and human service it had absolutely nothing to do with the issue we're discussing now. No. Um, so, uh-huh. so we, our office was dealing with a regulation designed to help to uh, help people who are involved in clinical trials and and human subject research. Anyway, uh-huh. so that's what I did oh. for seventeen years. Seventeen and, years. And, that's wonderful. Uh, so anyway, are you worth so tens of millions and, of dollars, like Dr. Fauci and his wife? Uh, no? Well, I, I I actually knew his wife, but we won't get into that. Okay. Well, listen, I love I love what you do, and I love the fact that here you are. You don't have to do anything, but yet you're you're fighting for causes you believe in. I think it's a wonderful testimony to the idea of righteousness, Edward Bartlett. I appreciate what you do, and I love the fact that you tie it all back to the the devil who started the idea of government supremacy, Karl Marx. Because it's within that we can trace back so many of our problems we deal with on a daily basis, not to mention the government corruption that we live with. Thank you so much, Edward Bartlett. I truly appreciate you coming on the show. It's been my pleasure. Good to talk to you, Sean. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Thanksgiving Eve. Isn't that what they call this? This is a dangerous night, huh? All the drunks are out. Be careful, man. You got your kids out there. It's very, very dangerous. And remember, it's going to be a little down. Of course you're down. You've got a dimwit in diapers, an asset of not only the Chinese Communist Party, oligarchs in Eastern Europe, but of organized syndicates here called unions. So remember, just try to put a smiley face on it. Have a good Thanksgiving. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Try not to talk about Senator Fetterman. Oh, God. only going to upset you. Holly, this plane's... Hi, 
Um, in regard to what Kevin had said earlier, uh, that there are a number of Democrats and Republicans, uh, there was a decline in voting in Chicago and the Collar counties. Yeah. Um, that just goes to confirm that there is so much voter fraud, like what you said, and so many people who left Illinois, they incidentally voted for the left, and then also the Dominion machines that changed. The, the people so- giving you the statistics are the people that have cheated you. So I'm not going to do an autopsy on numbers that I cannot audit myself. This is the problem. Well, I don't like believing liars. It's the hardest lie to tell is the first one, and we've been told that hundreds of years ago. So to, to pretend that they're giving me statistical information that I can dissect and somehow improve. People who dominate well, the party of the Democrat mafia are not going to give you the information you need to beat them. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And Lindell did a lot of research on it. But I also yeah. want to say that because now um, this guy is in power in Illinois for more time, they probably did a lot of bets and raised a lot of crowdfunding from Obama, Clinton, and other people to put in illinois to get rid of the deficit because they can use it to push the their agenda forward and they see it as you know like new york are you going to a thanksgiving party tomorrow yes i will bet you that in one year the people that you go to the party with tomorrow over 10 percent will move out of illinois by the following year you want to bet i'm asking them to Ah, (laughs) i'm encouraging thank you very much holly and displays enjoy yourself is this my cousin mary Kay? hi sean how are you good beauty how are you? Good, good. I'm really good. How are you? Good. How's your daughter? Um, she's doing well. Do not let her go out tonight. There's a lot of drunks. She doesn't. <laughs> nope, she's not going anywhere. She's staying, hanging in with us. How's my cousin? Um, he's doing fine, too. He's yeah. doing fine. So you know why I love my family, and- Beth, and I talk about him? I have the longest inseam in the entire family. I'm the tallest. Well, I... Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask you. Well, first of all, you have a happy Thanksgiving before you have to move on here, but I... So I saw you at the Freedom Summit, yeah. and I heard later how you slammed, um, well, gave Dan Prof so much grief because he's like, I think he's the worst dresser on 560. With the most expensive you know. clothes. With the it's, most it's an anomaly. He's got all his expensive clothes, yet he cannot match. It's really something so where, to behold. Yes. Where do you think you got your sense of style and your ability to dress so well? Me? Where do you think? Yeah. So when I grew up, there were two guys in the neighborhood who I truly admired. One was a lawyer, name was Tony Provenzano. He looked like he fell off of, of GQ magazine. And the other one owned a, a excavation company. His name was Jim Ariola. And I remember okay. looking at them as a kid, thinking to myself, boy, these guys, they always look like they just came from a modeling shoot. And then not only that, all the women in the neighborhood liked them. And you remember how much I liked women before I got married. Well, you know, um, what about uh, Grandma Mary D. Schaff? Oh, she was the best. Cupid doll. Cupid doll. And they spent so much, you know, on their, the clothing was so important. And Uncle Tommy and um, Uncle Johnny. Because when you don't have any money, you grow up admiring people who do have money and you want to represent yourself accordingly. Uh-huh. You know, and now uh-huh. you have generations that grow up. They're spoiled brat kids. They get everything they want for <laughs> nothing. They walk around, they look like heroin addicts. So that's the difference. <laughs> So thank you, yeah. Mary Kay. All right. Have fun. a good Thanksgiving. Good Kiss everybody for me. You too. All right. I will. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. 312-642-5600. Don't shake your head at me. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I cannot believe this is, are you kidding me? We're on the back half hour? And now I'm working on Friday, right? 
No, nobody's here. What the? I am not taking Fort. I have Fort. Oh, that is just terrible. Must be you didn't join the union, did you? You fat No, but you could do something You're with your own time. I built mean, like forcing you. I'll just start doing a show at home. Ron Carroll stream. Hi, Ron. Sean, oh my God! Um, number one, happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Number two, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, thank you. And number three, I love when you talk to your family. It's so endearing. She's one. Oh well, she's one of my favorites. She's married my cousin, and um, my other cousin and I used to have a social club. We were there every Friday. So I know her since I'm 17 years old. She's the best person in the world. She really is. And she's Irish. And she's Irish, and she knows I'm right about the short in the pants. That's why she married an Italian. Thank you very much. One more thing, number four. Yeah, go ahead. Ta-da! What? You're Ta-da! Ta-da? That's what you do. Ta-da! Do I do ta-da? Yes, I guess I do. There it is. There it is. Thank you very much, Ron. Thank you very much. Patrick Schamberg. Sean. It's yeah. true. You are the you are the best dressed guy on on five sixty a.m. I swear to God, you're oh, better you're best you're better dressed than Dan Prof, but he looks like he slept in his car. Yeah. But every time every time I see you, you got the same suit jacket on. Do I? Which one? No. Yeah, Did it, I have the it, camo? It, yeah, the camo. It, it, I had the blue had one the, on the other one. I, I I specifically didn't wear it back to back, but I do have a camel hair coat that I love to death. So I probably it, did wear it, it more it, than once. Yeah, it looks like it. So, well, here's the thing, Pat. You got to remember, I don't have a lot of clothes here. I live in Florida, so I do the best I can with my hand-me-downs that I left to myself. Right. Thank you very much, brother. I appreciate. Take it easy. Take it easy on the Irish guys. Oh, I, it wasn't me that did it to you. It's God with the sense of humor, of Don Rickles. Thank you very much, Devin. Gulf Breeze, Florida. Hey, Sean. Uh, you're you're uh, telling everybody to be careful this Thanksgiving. Um, I just also want to say watch out for those vaccinated folks sitting around the table. The uh, Washington Post just came out today and said 58% of coronavirus deaths in August were people who were vaccinated or boosted. Now, 58%, we're the- in Chicago, so everybody's IQ does drop naturally by 17 points. 58% is more, is more than half, is it not? It is, yeah. Oh. I didn't go to CPS, so I know that. All right, thank you very much. What's the temperature like? Just come on, show off one time. You make me. Oh, it's seventy. It's gorgeous, sunny. Come on, man. I'm in. I'm in North Florida. Gulf Breeze is north where I am. It's eighty-four. Thank you very much, Devin. And then there's this. Just days after getting their second COVID-19 vaccine, two teenage boys died in their sleep. Medical experts have been investigating what happened, and they've now released their report. An epidemiologist says it adds to a body of evidence that confirms Pfizer's vaccine can lead to death in children. NTD's Miguel Moreno reports. I don't remember that in the ad. Do you remember that in the ad? I don't remember that in the ad. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. And so it's what? With trillion dollars we spent on vaccines, can't sue them afterwards, and here we are two years later. Didn't we have a politician? The same thing happened to his poor kid? I think we did. 10 class in some parts of the country. Kids need to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The federal government says they're safe, but gives them warning labels of what could lead to death. Uh, this myocarditis warning that is out on Pfizer Moderna is very serious. Epidemiologist Peter McCullough says this in light of a new report. Its authors investigated the cases of two teenage boys from different states. Both of them had received second doses of the Pfizer vaccine, only to die a few days later in their sleep. 
McCullough says that in his view, the study confirms that Pfizer's vaccines led to the deaths of the teenagers. But Dr. Yah, he just said we should give the vaccines to all the kids. And then there's Pritzker. He's probably going to want to give the vaccine. Not to my family's kids. We'll get the hell out of here before we let that fat bastard give us medical advice. Can you do a sit-up? Can you do a push-up? Can you do a jumping jack with those little short arms and your big fat body? Can you do one? I don't think you can, fatso. Bill in Elmhurst. Hey, yeah, Sean. So I grew up in Elmhurst, graduated from high school in 71. Wow. We used to go over to the town and country and play uh, pool Yeah. until we'd see uh, a bunch of you guys from Melrose. Uh-huh. And you scare the, sh- no, the that, dickens out of it. Yeah. Do you know the Spring Inn on Spring Road? Oh, yeah. That was my godfather, who I called Uncle Mike, his family, the Martins. That was their bar. I grew up in that bar. I got my first fight with a man in that bar. I was 13 years old. Nice. Yeah. I beat yeah, the hell my, out of him. He was drunk. Graduated I learned, I learned from, from that, that experience. It's, it, it's easy to beat up the drunk guys. You should focus on them when you're out in the tavern. But I love yeah, I'm just saying, though, yeah. the guys from Melrose, you know, yeah. especially in the summer with yeah. the cigarettes rolled up in their white T-shirt. Well, I, that's, and, a, that's you know, a generation or two before me. Uh, we had uh, yeah, Buick I, Rivieras, a little hair longer in the back. I was smoking a cigar, and we were looking for women or a fight. So that's what I like to do. Yeah, Thank we, you very much. What else? Yeah, we were looking for the same women. That was a problem. Yeah, but you didn't stand a chance right, if we you. were around, Bill. Come on. Thank you very much. We all know who won that battle. In the meantime, Robert and Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, that was the, the guy, the question that you're asking about the vaccination. That was a congressman, the good congressman in the 60s. I know who it is. I mean, it's a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. But I remember when that happened. I, I thought to myself, wait a minute. I, I, if, my, if my kid gets a hangnail, I flip out. Let alone, you just nobody just talks about that seventeen-year-old healthy kid. I don't like yeah, that story, brother. I don't like that no, story. I, yeah. No, I no. But if it's, if her yeah, father doesn't care, what the hell business of it is me? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. All right. Well, thank you very much. I know exactly who no. you're talking about. What yeah. else you got? You well, got I mean, something else? The, yeah. The reason I want to call and ask you is. But the mayoral election coming up in Chicago, you got Chewy Garcia. But basically, the question I want to ask you quickly: Who do you think has got the is going to win this thing? I think Lightfoot's oh. going to win. Unfortunately, I think Lori Lightfoot think? is the perfect face for Chicago. Yeah. Perfect yeah. face of ignorance, arrogance, and pride in the corruption that is that city. I think she should stay exactly where she is. I really do. She is the perfect face for the Chicago Democrat Party. An ugly one. Thank you very much. Dave and Wheaton. Hey, happy belated birthday, Sean. Thank you, brother. Hey, I wanted to tell you, um, I was really shocked the first time I met you because I thought you would be an Italian-looking guy, and I was really shocked to find out. And I don't know if your listeners know this, but Sean is actually a black man. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you ain't black. Yeah, you were wearing a yarmulke, so that really threw me off. Thank so really, you very much. You know, happy birthday, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. The guy that was quoting the CDC stuff, it doesn't mean anything anymore, does it? I don't think the, C- the CDC doesn't have any credibility. I mean, in fact, when Look, you think about it, what, them. Oh, the CDC said, the CDC what said. Bureaucracy, like, no, what bureaucracy has integrity? What bureaucracy has credibility? What bureaucracy is not infiltrated with government supremacists? And the answer is none. Thank you very much. I went long with you. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. 
AM 560. The answer. You know, I have to tell you, it's in the Washington Times also. More vaccinated people died from COVID than unvaccinated in August. This is a growing trend. Yeah, it's That's terrible. It's outrageous, man, what happened to this country, really. Yeah, that will go down as what broke America, the pandemic. And where's that pickle-faced bastard Fauci? Today's his first day of retirement. Uh-huh. I hope he's having a good time. Greg in Lake Geneva. Hey, happy belated birthday to you, sexist pig. Thank Son you. of a biscuit, you. <laughs> Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody else on the, on the radio and all that stuff. And uh, a couple of things. One, got a chance. Well, one of the talk show hosts up here in God's country uh, played Rush Limbaugh's first Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's very good. I recommend anybody if they get a, you know, look it up. You can YouTube I mean, it. It's yeah, worth hearing. Yeah, it's great. It's a phenomenal. And uh, also, somebody and I don't remember who. And I mean, I haven't watched it yet. I'm probably gonna watch it tonight. We made a movie called Died Suddenly. Yep. And it's about this subject. It's fantastic. So, uh... And you know, you, you, you do know I'm not a sexist pick. You know, I was raised by a mother, and that I have two daughters, and that I'm from an era when you, if you insulted them, I kicked your teeth down your throat. I am anything but a sexist pick. But that being said, I am confused by Lori Lightfoot, who claims to have the biggest schwanz. I say she, she doesn't me. outside of Beverly. She might in Beverly. But not in Melrose Park. Thank you very much, Greg. Holly, this plane's... Uh, yeah, I wanted to mention about your family excerpt. It was great oh, because I ended up um, in domestic violence, ended up divorced, and uh, now my daughter... Didn't you have a guy in dad. your family like me you could go to to split that son of a dog's head? It would be very helpful. But the issue is the kids. We yeah. need to fight for the children because they're the ones right now who are susceptible, especially for the single moms. Yeah. You're out there running and working and doing all these kinds of things. And a lot of moms, unfortunately, you know, are turning to drinking and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. No one's watching the kids. And there's a lot. It's beautiful to hear how you talk about your family. There's a lot of kids who, ha- who don't even know what that means. Holly, if anybody touches scary. you, you call me. You understand? I'm going to give you the same deal well, I give my kids. How about the kids? Yeah, we got to defend them. It's outrageous. They, it is. Well, it, it's all against them. How and do you defend kids? How do you defend kids against the, their own mothers that want to hack them up in the belly and they vote that way? You can't do that. All Thank right. you very much. And then it, Let's just separate from them. Let's just separate. I, I want a national divorce. You Democrats go your way. It'll be like my Thanksgiving tomorrow. Not a Democrat in the room. Tony <laughs> Riverside. Hey, Sean, I tried to get through yesterday. You're so popular. So happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you, Tony. And did you know that a mutual friend of ours, Brian from Blue Ridge, shares the same birthday? Really? Oh, I love he Brian. He was in my store today. I love that son of a gun. He's the best in the world. And plus, he, he, he never competes with me for my brush. <laughs> damn right. Yeah. <laughs> but when I saw yesterday, I'm like, damn, he and Brian have the same birthday. And same I birthday. Yes, happy we do. Yeah, we like to Bye. celebrate back and to the left. Go ahead. Thank you very much, Tony in Riverside. You tell Brian, give him a kiss for me. Love him. Everybody, have a great Thanksgiving. Really, enjoy yourself. If you have a Democrat that you have to be around, just stay away from him. And take solace in the fact he's going to wallow in Bidenomics and the corruption that's normalized in the sewers they, they rule over. Have a great Thanksgiving. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.